Hey everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan. I spent this past weekend at PAX East 2015, and I've brought back interviews with developers and publishers for Adventures of Pip, Chariot, Extreme Exorcism, and Dragoon. Before we get to those, just a reminder that you can support what we do by shopping through Amazon. When you go to do your Amazon shopping, get to the site by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. When you do, we get a small percentage of what you spend to help pay our expenses, and it's at no additional cost to you. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. So while roaming the show floor this year, I randomly bumped into Penny Arcade and PAX co-creator Tycho, so we're going to kick things off with that. Uh, I see you walking around the show floor all the time. I'm just, uh, I'm just curious. What games have you seen this year that make you excited for uh, what's going on? I just, I just got started. So oh, we, did. Yeah, we did the Q and A, and then we just did a signing. So I actually, this is like the worst possible time to ask oh, me, man. not from a convenience perspective, but because I can't do, I can't give you anything of use, right? Right, right. Um, I have seen. I mean, that's the first thing that I had a chance to play here. Okay. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, did you see Overwatch? I have not seen Overwatch yet. Make uh, time. I mean, it's just right over there. I mean, that's that's the banner for it right there. I checked out Adventures of Pip, which looks great, and yeah. uh, Chariot. Well, Chariot's great. I mean, it's, oh, it's so good. Chariot is really, really the good. The art style's like adorable. And it's, but it's also really funny too. It is. Like they did, they executed. It has a really clever puzzle concept. I yeah. think. You definitely, definitely play it co-op though. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, looks great. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time absolutely. up because I know you're Here. busy. Did so. you ever play Forced? Uh, I have not played Forced. So Forced, you can grab Forced. I think it's great, right? It's on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, now it's on Xbox One. But when Mike and I were playing it, we'd, we'd grabbed it on PC a while back. Yeah. And it's really cool. It has, it, it has, um, it, it's basically a cooperative action game. But the rooms that you're doing the action, the action elements in, are very puzzly. Okay. Like so, they're very constructed, like mechanically sophisticated in cases, places that you have to contend with along with the enemies. Definitely give it a try. That's cool. Absolutely, I will. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. See ya. Our first developer interview is about Adventures of Pip, a side-scrolling platformer which features a main character that can progress through three stages of resolution evolution to solve puzzles and rescue the princess from the skeleton queen. So uh, it is, I can see a very clear inspiration from Super Mario with the top-down menu like this, uh, and of course the side-scrolling from there. What other games did you pull your inspirations from? Um, you know, we, we, this game went through a lot of iterations, and there are times that we were looking at stuff like Metroid and Castlevania. Um, we almost went down a, a Metroidvania type of route with this game, but, um, you know, a lot of we decided to go more into platforming because it lent itself better to the gameplay type that we were going for. Um, as far as enemies and stuff like that, Mega Man, um, you know, our friends at Shovel Knight, looking at their game, there's a lot of things that we can draw from to to get our gameplay. At the same time, because we have such a unique gameplay type, there's a lot of enemies that we create on our own that lend itself best to the type of game that we're building. And what's your personal experience in uh, developing video games? Is this your first big project, or have you, do you have a long background and stuff? Um, before I joined TikTok Games, I, I worked at WayForward Technologies, and um, there I worked with Sean on uh, A Boy in His Blob. Um, I was the animation director on Contra 4. Um, you know, a, a bunch of different Wii, Wii titles and DS titles. When will it be available to purchase? 
Um, we're looking for a May release. We're going to probably release initially with Steam. Um, right now, we're, we're doing Steam Early Access in the next week or two. And from there, we're going to get feedback from people, do as many changes as we can based on that feedback, including gameplay ramping, you know, additional effects and sound effects. And from there, um, do that May release. From there, uh, I think we're aiming for Xbox and PlayStation and Wii U. Awesome. Game looks great. I can't wait to play the uh, full version. Cool. Right now, for um, the version we have now at PAX East is the, the initial access version. And it has all the levels. So when people are going to be able to play this in a couple of weeks, you can play through all the levels. And that way, we can get all the feedback from that and see what people think. And right now, at PAX East, we're having people play through it. And you know we're getting a lot of good feedback on it. Now I'm curious how it's uh, changed a little bit since I played the initial ones. What are the uh, the stages of evolution? You said there's the pixel, there's the 8-bit, and there's almost like a 16-bit looking one. What kind of abilities can people expect throughout those different evolutions? So from the initial demo, you have the exact same three abilities. But um, as you progress to the later levels, you'll be able to see additional objects in the game that you can interact with that lend themselves better to these different um, abilities. So right now I'm about to enter the caves level and you'll see there's a water mechanic and um, air vent mechanic that lend themselves to the same three evolutions but you'll have to rediscover how to use them in those different ways. So because you're, you're already familiar with the game you can see um, I'm already jumping in with all three evolutions and now we have this air vent mechanic that depending on your evolution um, it'll either push Pip or it won't affect Pip at all, which, you know, again, back to our moral, it's advantageous at sometimes and disadvantaged at other times. So um, sometimes you do want to be pushed, sometimes you want to just um, be able to control yourself. And now you can see I'm underwater, where second level Pip, he pretty much acts like Mario does underwater. But when I devolve to single level, I'm pretty much like a floating piece of styrofoam but I can bounce really high off of the water. So to get under here, I better evolve. And it, it all should be pretty intuitive to what you've played earlier. So the thing to keep in mind is that um, Pip 1 is the... Uh, I gotta figure a way out to get up here. <laughs> it's hard to talk and play. But um, Pip 1, you gotta keep in mind, is the light one. So when you face new obstacles, you have to keep in mind that he's light, and then you'll, you'll figure out things that way. The second one is the agile one, so um, I'll figure out things, you know, in water, maybe I can move more often, and the third one's heavy, so I naturally will just sink to the bottom as third evolution Pip. Now I noticed too as you're moving through the level, uh, not only does Pip have different pixel graphic levels, but there are different elements like the enemies, the background, the water, all fit into one of those three categories too. Uh, what kind of design challenges do you run into incorporating all those different design styles? Well, like you said, the water, um, it has a lot of different... The resolution changes the further you get in the game. And I guess the, the design challenge is trying to make sure that all these different pixel resolutions lend themselves to the same game. It doesn't look like you're playing with three different games. So that's, that's the biggest challenge. So there's a lot of things that we try to do to not stick to looking completely retro, we're, we're kind of just um, being blocky. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is a retro game, it's more of a retro-inspired game that takes a lot of modern game um, elements into it. Awesome. Well, this game looks great uh, from what I had played before, too. Highly recommend it to people. Again, Adventures of Pip, 
Uh, if people want more information on the game, where can they go find you guys online? Again, uh, you can go to TikTokGames.com, and uh, we have more information on the game. At the same time, um, on our Kickstarter, we, we keep putting updates, and we'll be um, putting updates on our Twitter as well. I also sat down with my friends Kyla and Sam, who you've probably heard on the show before, uh, to recap their first experiences at PAX. So I'll drop the remaining developer interviews in during that conversation, since they also got to play a lot of the same games. So so it's the last day of PAX. Uh, you guys are probably here for a couple more hours at this point, right? Yes. And we actually got to play quite a few games. Have you guys played any new ones today? Did you get a chance to? No, we haven't. Um, we've just been walking around. The lines to even play the indie games are worse than they are on Friday. That's shocking because it seems like there are less people here. It does. And I feel like the people here today are a lot younger. Like Sunday. I've seen a lot Sunday's of like young family kids. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the lines are, are, are long. We re- we went by the chariot booth again, but all the games were being played. Yeah. Um, and they had a t shirt with the king on it. But I would have bought it if it was the, the princess. Right, right. But it was just the Is king. it just like his head? It's just his head. I feel like I saw that before maybe. Yeah, and yeah. I was really disappointed because I would have bought the, the queen. Yeah. The, I, uh, I need to play that game before we leave. Like I'll <laughs> wait I'll wait in the line. I don't know. I mean, people can hear the interview that I'll play in just a moment with the Chariot developers. I'll just loop these things in as we go along. But uh, the game itself, I thought, was arguably one of the two best games that at least I played this weekend. Chariot was so much fun. We're going to buy it immediately when we get home for Wii and play through it. It's, It's fun. It's easy. It's pretty. It's not competitive. I wonder how long it is, but it's like fifteen minute, uh, fifteen dollars or something. So that's yeah, nothing crazy like anyway. Yeah, it's fifteen dollars, and each each level we played seemed to take what fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, and there, are, there are a ton of levels to select. It's just like a perfect co op yep. game. Um, the physics are so fantastic. The physics are so much fun. I like the little high fives that the little characters can do. I wonder if you can play by yourself. I did That's- ask that, um, and I believe the developer said that uh, you can play with one character it's not switched back and forth but that makes everything harder oh sure because now you're having to time things a lot more and yeah 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 can't like keep the coffin pushed up against something while the other person jumps on it or anything like that yeah yeah so we're here talking about chariot which is an adorably designed game i love the character design i love how they run with the uh, with the chariot behind them and they almost have like huge smiles on their faces as they do so even though it's a coffin which is kind of odd but uh, can you explain the premise a little bit absolutely yeah it's, it's actually the coffin containing the uh, remains of one of the characters dead father so at that point but no the ghost is still kicking around and he has high standards so the whole game is about the the princess and her fiance who are tasked with you know delivering the father's the, the king's remains to their uh, grave. However, uh, the king's ghost has high standards. He demands only the grandest tombs filled with riches. So the whole game is about exploring uh, these uh, royal catacombs that go deeper and deeper underground until they actually find a, a sepulcher that the king will be happy to rest in peace in. And like I said, the, the art design is adorable. Uh, I love the high five. Is that Does it do anything or is it just, hey, let's high five? Oh, it's totally just, hey, let's high five. Yeah, and also, it, and it, it becomes a, uh, you left me hanging if you let the animation finish without the, re, the uh, high five being reciprocated. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, awesome. But yeah, it, was just, it was just put in there so that players could, like, when, because we've seen, like, when players were testing and trying the game, like, they 
when they they do something awesome, like they would like high five in real life. So we wanted to at least like put a little uh, uh, version of that in the game too, just to you know, make yourself be good. Now the game is uh, clearly built with co-op in mind and insanely fun to play with another person. Is there a single player component to it where you could just play by yourself? Absolutely, yeah. It's actually drop in, drop out local co-op. At any point, you can have a second player join or leave. It means that uh, when you're uh, by yourself, you only have one player, uh, so you don't have someone who's got your back. So it's a little bit more seat of your pants. You can, uh, you'll be uh, using your reflexes more often because you, you can't really have another player stabilize a chair. But uh, you find up to six gadgets during the course of the game, and you can upgrade them too. And some of them will usually make it easier to go alone. Like the first thing you get is a, a peg which lets you stick your rope into a, a wall, a ceiling, or a floor. So you have one rope attached to something and then pick the other one and kind of get things done that way. But you can still do the entire game by yourself without gadgets. It's going to get hard. But you can do it. So uh, there, there's some inspirations in here. Uh, a lot of puzzle platformers, heavy puzzle element in this. Certain areas where the coffin can't go through, and you have to manipulate around that way. Um, what were some of the influences for this game? Uh, really, we, we uh, dug through a lot of stuff, but it was mostly just because uh, uh, Phil uh, Philip, our uh, creative lead, uh, wanted to make a game, a co-op game, where uh, you didn't end up having two players playing single player on the same screen. Wanted to something where they could manipulate, they take care of something together. And that's where Chariot came from. The initial idea was two miners in a dungeon holding like an open-top wagon between them. So and it kind of evolved when we, we really just did a whole lot of prototyping until we found the current ship, the reversible, like more of a toy chariot that we can do uh, all sorts of stuff with. So it was really just, we, uh, like Mega Man 2 is perhaps one of the biggest influences for the control of the characters. Something extremely precise, extremely like uh, you have full air control, just because the chariot was always up to physics. And so we, we really started with that, and then we just did a whole lot of testing and eventually came with the uh, version we have now. And the physics are great, too. I mean, there were times when I was playing where I would lose uh, control of the chariot and be able to grab it while it was falling and pull it back up. So it all works very fluidly. Oh, yeah. It, it's uh, Well, thanks. We, we really worked uh, really hard on the mechanics, especially the, the uh, minutiae of when are you swinging, uh, how much momentum you get, then a whole lot of little details that really don't uh, show up in the final game but we, we really worked hard to get this and we had like some uh, really terrific programmers back home and we're all really proud of what we've done I can't wait to uh, play the full version now the co-op too is it local only or is it multiplayer co-op oh, it's a uh, local only sadly yeah I can see how the timing for online co-op would be a little tricky with something like this oh yeah and also the potential for griefing would be immense so yeah at, le at least if you're going to grief your partner he's going to be right next to you so uh, be before you like see yeah, there are no in-game mechanics to resolve conflicts. You have to, uh, you know, work it out off-screen. Awesome. Now, if people want to get more information on this game, uh, where can they go and what platforms will this be available on? Uh, it's, it's currently out on uh, PS4, Wii U, uh, Steam, and Xbox One. Uh, and also, uh, if you want information on the uh, latest news on Chariot, you can go to uh, Facebook uh, and like our page, Chariot Game, or on uh, Twitter, and you can follow uh, at Chariot Game. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That and uh, Extreme Exorcism was, was super, really fun. super fun. I can see myself getting stuck in that. Not yeah. stuck. Enjoying myself for thing, hours. the thing, I don't know, uh, it's another thing I talked to the developer about too, but I don't know if you guys heard it, is that uh, in the game, every time when you play, the next ghost that comes in like mimics your gameplay. Whoa. 
like I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't notice that while we were playing. And had I known, I probably would have played totally differently. Yeah. So like when we were going and just like destroying stuff so fast, but by doing that, we're making the enemy ghosts harder because we're playing so well. Right. So whatever strategy we're using, they develop AI that mimics our play strategy. Is that like the exorcism thing? Like that's that's why that's why it's coming out. That's why the tagline was like there there. I forget what the tagline was, but it was something like they get harder as you do or something along those lines. Cool. And I would not have known that had the developer not said that. So many layers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. There's like 20 weapons, I think they said, and yeah. I don't know. It was just nuts. It was super fun, though. It was really fun. I had no idea what I was doing when I was playing. No. No, I was, I was just kind of jumping. And I was just button mashing. Yeah, I was just button mashing. But <laughs> it was, it was a pretty game. For it was it being called Exorcism. Yeah. I wouldn't have played it if I knew it was called Exorcism. Yeah, ton of like it's scary, but it's not. Ton of like eight bit. Uh, 16-bit like style yeah all the retro all the place, yeah. retro look games are yeah, very much in game. right now for sure yeah. yeah we're talking about extreme exorcism just so people know so uh the gameplay four-player co-op uh it looks like we have like rounds each time so there's there's one ghost or ghoul or whatever type creature exorcism so i assume ghost of yes. some sort right yes. and the one you have to kill is marked with a crown on top of his head but every round there's more and more that's correct. So essentially, the king ghost is the ultimate ghost. If you take out the king ghost, then all the other ghosts will disappear and you automatically progress onto the next round. Um, so obviously, each round brings a new ghost. So when a new ghost emerges, they're actually mimicking the playstyle of you in the previous oh, no round. So if you're playing co-op or team deathmatch, that works similarly, similarly with um, whatever player has killed that particular ghost. Um, their play style is mimicked in the next round so it does get really tricky so as kind of tempting as it is to you know go all at it you can pick up to three weapons um, up at one time and you can use them all in quick succession and as tempting as that may be you really need to think about your actions because they will come back to haunt you in the next round so oh wow i didn't even notice that when i was playing that so (laughs) that's interesting to find out afterwards (laughs) And some of the weapons in here are very cool. I mean, I particularly like the angel wings that yeah. give you this like aura around yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So that's the uh, extreme exorcism power up. And what that does is that creates a hellish vortex, which basically sucks in um, the ghosts nearby. Yeah. And if you can get near to the king ghost and deploy that at the right time, then you know the rounds are good, and you know you can progress straight on. That's like the ultimate weapon in the game, really. Yeah. Um, and also, that playstyle can't be mimicked by the ghosts. Um, so that's an interesting one to use and kind of protect yourself for the next round, essentially. Yeah. Um, but there is um, over 20 weapons of the game in total. Um, you know, these extreme exorcists are not messing around because these ghosts are not your average ghosts. These guys are going in to get the job done because this haunted house, um, nobody and nothing has been able to deal with the ghostly presence up to this point. Yeah. Um, so each weapon obviously brings its own element of strategy. Um, some weapons you fire at range, um, other weapons you use up close, more like melee attacks. Some weapons you deploy and plant, so like there's mines, for example, that you can kind of just drop in certain areas, especially if you know where um, you know, you've been in the previous rounds, because obviously it's mimicking your playstyle, this ghost. So you can use that to your advantage and you know, just really use your strategy um, and you know, beat the game. 
Now, is, is there an actual end or is it endless and the rounds just keep coming until you die, essentially? So, essentially, yes, it is endless. So, you keep going uh, and the game just will not stop until you die. Yeah. So, it is just a case of, you know, just as much as you've got in you, you just keep going and keep going. The, the rounds, um, at the end of each round, obviously, um, more and more ghosts emerge. So, it just becomes more of a challenge as you progress through. And it becomes more and more crazy, especially if you've got like four people playing. Um, it really does get very difficult. And um, so it's, it's very much about kind of reacting quickly, choosing the right weapons for the right job uh, and really just thinking about your actions. I think it's really, really important to know that, OK, whatever I do in this round, I am definitely going to be reaping what I sow in the next round. So I need to think long and hard about what I do, where I go and, you know, deploy weapons as I need them. I'm actually kind of glad I didn't know that going in because I would have just been like mind warped the whole time. I would have been paralyzed. If I just stand here, maybe they'll do nothing from now on. Yeah, that, that won't work. I think um, the best um, number of rounds we've had today is 26. Oh, wow. So it's, it, it's been pretty hardcore, to be fair. Um, we've had some excellent ghost hunters. Um, so, yeah, no, it is, it is reasonably hardcore, but, you know, it's absolutely worth it. And it's really satisfying as well. You also get three lives, so... You know, you don't really feel punished at any stage. It kind of throws you straight back in. Also, if you're playing cooperatively, um, you have the opportunity to respawn if you're, um, the people you're playing with actually, rev uh, they can revive you by killing five ghosts and bring you straight back into the game, yeah. which is great. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so if people want to get Extreme Exorcism, where can they go? What platforms will this be available on? So the game is going to be coming to Xbox One, PS4, and PC via Steam, and it will be available as of summer this year. We'll also be announcing some other versions um, very soon. Awesome. So keep an eye and ear out for that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, what else did we play? I played one just down on the floor. I forget what it was called. It was like an RPG, like oh, Red Riding Hood played, or something. Um, Dragon Fin Soup. Dragon Fin Soup. Which looks really cool because the character is, uh, it's like Red Riding Hood, but she's a little more badass, I think. And Yeah, it's like if you combine Little Red Riding Hood and like Misfortune from League of Legends. <laughs> is it like a third person action game? Um, or? No, it was like a, like a RPG kind of like three quarter. Okay. Three quarter RPG. Two point five D, or else they call D, it yeah. isometric view. Isometric. That's, yeah, that's what it is. That's all my oh. game developer terminology. Right. Oh, we know. played Transistor on. Uh, that just reminded me of Transistor. Yeah. Buy immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I only got to play it for like five, five, ten minutes, but let's buy some. Bastion, Bastion. The, yeah. Um, this prop guy that I follow, Vulpin Props. Okay. He's amazing. He created the massive hammer. Oh yeah, from Bastion or Bastion. I'm Bastion, yeah. Bastion. Yep. He created the massive hammer, and it's in the booth. And like, I think you can take photos with it. Wow. Which I really want to do. It, it's flawless. It looks so. Cool. That game's been out for a while too, but I think they uh, upgraded all the graphics because it's now getting ported over to the yeah, next I think gen that systems. Yeah, came out in like 2011 or 12, yeah. and then Transistor came out last year. And um, I think, I know it's coming out on PS4. I think it's coming out on Xbox One in like a matter of weeks at this point, Bastion is. Can you tell me, what? do you know anything about the Steam Box? I do. There's no one in particular, for one. Steam Box is what they're referring to uh, as a gaming system 
that plays like a computer that hooks up to your TV exclusively for playing games on Steam. Is it like a Roku? It, it's that games? it's that idea. I yeah. mean, it's basically a computer that you can connect to your TV and play your Steam games that way, but it'll have its own controller and stuff. So that's what but I mean. yeah. the technology to build that has been like outsourced to all these other companies. So like Alienware makes its own Steam box. Yeah, we just saw one another over company there. makes it. There's like 20 different Steam boxes out there. That's so cool. it all depends what you're looking to get out of yeah. the system. Like you can go super crazy, like multi thousand dollar Steam box that competes or goes way better than like your console. Right. Or you can get like a three four hundred dollar Steam box to play like just kind of low level indie games. Right. Yeah. Do, are are they out? I'm like asking like you're a rep from <laughs> one of these companies. I do do right the now. research. So but, yeah. there are some Steam boxes on the market cool. right now. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I want it for is like the indie games because right. everything else I you know console for or whatever. But but um, I think I think uh, yeah I need a like the 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 kind of low level Steam boxes. I don't know what the appeal of those is. Maybe just ease of use because sure, like sure. you can. If you have the right video card, you can just hook your computer up to the TV anyway. Right. But I think that's for like people that have their computer in the same room as their TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if you don't have that, I guess maybe having a oh, Steam box makes sense. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steam box. All right. We'll have to. Lots of that's options. My next move. One more thing list. you have to do way too much research on to find out which right. one you actually want. Right. Or need. Even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we did play Dragoon. It's called Dragoon, right? Yeah. And uh, how did this come about? When did it start? This started in uh, 2013. My uh, other brother, Jake, who created the game, was uh, in between job interviews at the time and decided uh, to help pass the time. He created this board game out of the clear blue. And he uh, had me over to check it out. I'm like, Jake, this is ridiculous, man. Like, I think you have something here. Of course, at the time, it was made out of Frankensteinian pieces from a zillion other broken down games. But the two of us, we just, like, for months, we just kept on brainstorming and brainstorming because it was fun for us. But then my buddy John got uh, got wind of it, and he said, I think you guys uh, ought to put the pedal to the metal and make this a real thing. So thanks to John uh, Roderick here, he got us to uh, produce the game and, uh, and make it into actual uh, physical pieces instead of, you know, broken down Carcassonne and Settlers stuff. John also brought uh, Boston-based artist... Nick Nazaro on, and he's the one who made the game look so pretty. And uh, it's been the four of us as a real team effort. If, it, if, it, but if, again, if it weren't for John and Nick to make it a real product, I can imagine Jake and I would still be in our living room, just playing it by ourselves. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, is this your first experience creating a game, or do you have some past experience where you've tried things before and it didn't quite work out as successfully as this one? This is absolutely our first time making a game. We've been long-term gamers. It's you know one of the things we grew up doing, and you know in addition to pretend fighting in the backyard, you know what I mean, with like ogres and sticks for swords and all the rest of it in video games. But um, it turned out that making a game is just as exciting for us as playing the games that we love. It's like, what are the things that we don't like about board games? What are the things we do love about board games? What do we love about video games that we can make thematically a part of this? And uh, we both discovered that. We love making games, making the mechanics fun, making it user-friendly but competitive and edgy and finding that sweet spot where it's fun but not too easy, uh, strategy-based but not too complicated, that sweet spot. You know, there's nothing more rewarding than being able to find something that people really enjoy. For our audio listeners, since they can't see all the impressive stuff you have here, can you describe a little bit of like what the game is like and how you play? Yeah, so uh, in a quick sentence, Dragoon is an action strategy board game 
where you play the role of the dragons trying to get 50 gold before the other dragons do while destroying and dominating, invading humans that come in with city and village tiles. You destroy them, you claim them, you attack each other, you steal from each other. And uh, one of the things that makes the game dynamic is the score is so uh, dynamic. The person in lead probably won't be in lead for long because they got a target on their back. And the person in last place gets to decide turn order. So they get an edge in trying to come back up. So there's some clear inspiration from other board games that I'm assuming you're a fan of in the past, too. What kind of things did you draw your inspirations? Well, we really like uh, Carcassonne. I think tile placement. We like building things. And in this case, uh, you're less building on purpose. The, uh, the tiles show up in unexpected locations using a coordinate system. But it's how you decide to build your empire on top of the cities and villages. So uh, tile placement is something we like a lot. Settlers of Catan, where there's a, a random element as far as uh, you know what you get paid and when, but uh, mostly the the Dungeons and Dragons world of of dragons in general. You know, we wanted to take uh, everything that you might think a dragon should do and put it in the game. Now, there, I noticed too when I stopped by earlier, you can hear some music in the background too. There's also a multimedia component to this game, which intrigues me immensely. Can you explain a little bit about that? Well, you know what? I'd have to turn it over to John to tell you specifically about the app. It's uh, free software, uh, but he designed uh, specific sound effects that queue up when you play the card under uh, a camera feed. It recognizes the card icon, and it plays a specific sound effect. So, for example, there's a card, Menacing Roar. Sure enough, you put the card down, and you hear a sweet roar. So the way it works is it uses an app called Erasma, uh, loaded up into an iOS uh, iPad, or iPod, rather card gets triggered, plays a sound just like Zach said, and each card has its own unique trigger uh, in the app. We're going to be releasing uh, the sounds publicly later on throughout the Kickstarter. So anybody will just be able to pop onto our profile and just download them if they have an iPad or an iPod at home and just play it themselves. Yeah. Now is that app an essential part of the game? It's not essential, but it's a little bit of an enhancement. So you don't actually have to touch your, your iPod or iPhone. Just put it on a little stand and you can just go. So you don't have to use any technology during it, but it can enhance the game throughout. Was that part of the process to begin with, or was that something you guys introduced later on in? That's something we introduced later on in. Yep, totally. That's awesome. Now, you guys are also on Kickstarter, too, uh, and I heard that's going very well <laughs> for you. What's that experience been like for you to try and do it that way? Well, I'll tell you what. The, very, the first five minutes uh, where we launched it and we refreshed zero backers, zero backers, zero backers, you know, we're like, oh, no, all this. What, what do we do? Like, what are we going to do next? And then 41 hours later, we were fully funded. And then we were like, we thought that, you know, you know maybe if we have a stretch goal, we'll plan, you know, in a week or two, we'll, we'll put something up. And we we're like, guys, we got to get those stretch goals up now. And so we're working on our third stretch goal now. The, uh, thanks to all the, all the amazing backers, uh, everyone that's, uh, that, that's back to the game, they've upgraded the uh, thief pieces in the game to a metal treasure box, treasure chest. Uh, they've upgraded the tiles to uh, so the cave tiles to metal cave tiles and uh, our next stretch goal is uh, Kickstarter exclusive for our backers they get a gold in uh, parentheses or in quotes a gold colored metal coin to help keep track of uh, who went first that round again sort of like the sound effects not necessary for the gameplay it just enhances it makes it more fun and being able to hold a nice gold coin in a game where you're getting gold is, uh, is a little more fun
Yeah, it's dragons. You want some gold to uh, to throw around to, you know? Absolutely. And we want to uh, we want to give something especially back to uh, uh, the Kickstarter backers exclusively. So this gold, the gold coins, again, gold, everyone in uh, quotes here. <laughs> now the Kickstarter is still running too, right? That's right. Uh, up until we've got uh, about I think twenty five more days. Okay. So we got some we got some time. This will be up in time. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're hoping uh, we're hoping to hit that that third stretch goal. Cool. If people want to back the project, where do they go? If you go to playdragoon.com, it'll link you straight over to the Kickstarter page. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, uh, and this looks absolutely great. I can't wait to play it. Thanks so much, man. We're looking forward to it. Dragoon, Yesterday yes, too, the board game. game. Yeah. And we bought one of the limited edition 100 uh, dragons. We got number 30. We named it Turmeric. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The uh, they have fifty, I think, of those like raw pieces. Oh, so we were one of fifty. Not yeah, 100. one of one of fifty, I think. And uh, that's kind of the way they're promoting the game to get people's interest. They're like, "Hey, feel one of our pieces," which sounds a little odd <laughs> when you're just walking by the booth and they're Hold yelling that gear. at you. Yeah, <laughs> feel it's so hefty. It is. It's very heavy. <laughs> yeah, but they have a cool like three D process where they casted metal out of three D print and everything, and it's. Very impressive. Yeah, that game was that that was cool. Yeah. Tough learning curve like we were saying yesterday, yeah. but uh by the fun. by yeah. the end I was like got it. Designed, so got I it. got most of it except for the the scoring sometimes on the rolls. Yeah, yeah the scoring, yeah. Yeah. I would need I would need another go at that. Yeah. Need to read like the instruction manual. Yeah. But everything was so well designed. It was very very cute and fun. Two the, or three playthroughs and you'd get that yeah, game no like problem. Yeah. The premise was really fun yeah. too. Have you guys seen anything else that was, or you guys went to a panel too, right? We went to the League of Legends music panel, yep. which was uh, fun. We were in League costume and, you know, we got there about an hour early. The The queue line was already pretty full. Um, we got there and he was like, oh, you guys are in League costume? Do you have a, do you have a handler? We're like, we don't, I don't know what that is. I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a handler now. But he's like, okay, you can, you can go over here. And we both thought that, okay, they're going to put the cosplayers in the back so the props don't get in the way of people trying to view the panel. Nuh-uh. We got front row seating right in the middle of the theater. Yeah, was, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they reserved, you know, first three or four rows for, for cosplayers. But and Sam said it right there. was a camera right there. Yeah. And she was like, they probably want the league player, like, they want the film to show the cosplayers in the Absolutely. front. Absolutely. perfect for the That's visual. That's smart. Yeah, yeah it was totally. awesome. Because then yeah. when they put that out online, it just looks like there's a whole bunch of like league cosplayers in there. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty great. The panel was good, but uh, pe- it was a music panel, and people were just asking inappropriate questions about bug fixes. Yeah. And, you know, God forbid one of these music creators said something like AD instead of AP, and the entire audience jumped on them. It's like, that's not the appropriate person to talk to that about. Yeah. No, it just it just got to the point where it's like, okay, can we uh just keep the questions like relevant to to the material? So awkward because people the people are awkward that sometimes ask questions and it's like it's painful to to watch because you know they're trying to answer as eloquently as possible, but when the questions come in and they're just unanswerable. There's always someone at a Q and A too, almost without fail, that goes up and has maybe like the right intent. But the question comes out very attacking, and they don't realize it because they just don't have the social skills for right, that. Right. Exactly. Or they, or they say, "Oh well, this was one of the one of the most poorly made songs." And right. It's like, Ooh, that's You're saying not- to the people that made them, right. yeah. yeah. And on the other side, there were some really good questions, like yes. where they get inspiration, like yep. who are you going to go back? Forward, exactly. Yeah. Are you going to go back and like you know make themes for the other characters and stuff? And then it's the people that are like, "Well, why didn't you do this?" <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I get what you're trying to ask, but 
maybe maybe not here. Maybe you submit a support ticket. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, you get that at any this is not this is not the venue full of people who want to come and like actually have a good experience here. Exactly. <laughs> You're kinda... And this was the first packs for both of you. First too, packs. right? So did it live up to expectations? Was it different than you imagined it would be? Or I think it for sure lived up to expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Exceeded even. Um, I missed out on getting tickets last year, which was disappointing. So this year, um, jumped on the chance to get tickets, and it was amazing. I think my least favorite part was just getting the hotel bill this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. That's always painful. But That's why I try to prepay, so I take care of that in my brain already. And we were still a mile away, and we had to take shuttles and taxis. So Ooh. yeah, we we quit the shuttle game after day one. When yeah, it, it was like freezing out, and it took forever. So it was worth the after the uh, yeah after the hotel bill. Like, what's five bucks for an Uber? That, right, I right. would say that's the way to go. Um, but yeah, the, sixty dollars on a uh, Princess Peach Japanese exclusive. <laughs> but um, see all the things you want and just can't get. But yeah, I'd say it exceeded expectations. Like, it was so many things. Like. It was one weekend, but it was so many experiences rolled into one. Like it was like a, a convention, expo experience, mm-hmm. and then there was the after concert. Con- yeah, concert was after, after party on Friday. Yeah. The Aces after party was so much fun because I love that kind of music and DJ Headhunters, and so it was like getting to go to a show also this weekend. Yeah, and uh, you weren't you weren't an exhibitor. I mean, you weren't a press this year. Yeah, well, I mean, I still, even though I'm not technically pressed, they, they don't really treat us any differently, whether we are or not. It's was just, this year better than last year, or did you like I didn't make it last year. year. Uh, the, year the year before, I had a lot of fun, um, but I definitely had more fun this year. I think, for me so far, like, there are, diff- there are cons that I definitely like better than others. I'm not as big a gamer as I used to be, so I'm not playing, like, the bigger games, so that's not appealing to me. I do like checking out the indie stuff every time. That's always cool, and I feel like I have more knowledge about it because that's what I get sent to me, so I'm, like, exposed to those games anyway. That's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Working up to that level. Yeah. I do wish I got to play Overwatch, though. The the queue was just insane just all weekend. Like it is not an hour and a half to five, ten minutes of gameplay. I know. It's yeah. coming soon. It's coming. <laughs> How was uh, the experience cosplaying here versus other places? Do you feel like it was any different? Or I I'm, can't speak as a cosplayer. I can speak as someone who's cosplayed like three times. Right. Um, Still more than me. From my experience, it's, <laughs> it's made easier because this is so well organized that you're not jamming up the whole place when yep. you stop to take photos because like all, like all the recent cons we've been to, like Boston Comic Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, it's like people were just Tight kind, kind of stuff. A, kind of oblivious to like we're stopping in the middle of an aisle yeah, yeah. and um so just logistically it was good and you know it feels like there's a lot of nooks and crannies too yeah exactly that you can kind of exactly break like, off into this is a perfect like space like we're sitting it. in one of those nooks right now we're to sitting in one of those nooks right now <laughs> i do want to give a shout out to weapons check because a lot of times at cons they'll just throw a zip tie around your entire prop and it totally ruins the look and feel of it but mm-hmm. they were really really nice about making sure that they put a tag where no one would see it. Oh, wow. They were asking, okay, well, how are you going to hold your staff? Like, are you going to hold it in the middle or up at the top? Let's put the zip tie there and cut it. Um, they put it around my tiny gun in the back yesterday. And, like... I didn't even notice any of the Sam, zip ties. Sam's gauntlets, um, they tagged her badge instead because there was no easy way to put it on. And, and they wow. were really considerate about that, which is refreshing. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he was he was struggling for a couple minutes to figure out where to put it. And as finally, the uh, as the photo editor, I appreciate that. Right, too. <laughs> and finally, the like, I was like, just put on her badge. Yeah, like, thank you. Thank That's you. great. Yeah, they're very very conscientious about that. And I've heard great. I've heard like I was telling you guys before I've heard that Pax got a lot of shit in the past for being like overly strict about weapons and stuff, but it sounds like they've totally turned that around. Yeah, there was never a line at weapons check like. That's awesome. It, it, it felt there almost voluntary. There weren't that many cosplayers either. On oh, okay. Friday, I was super surprised. Yeah. I knew it wasn't like one of those cons where almost everyone's in cosplay. Like I knew, you know, it's not that kind of a con, but I was still surprised at how many people weren't in cosplay. Yeah. Um, Saturday was better. Saturday, there were a lot more cosplays. Yeah. And even today, there's, there's not too many. Um, yeah, the league shoot on Saturday where... <laughs> Was the, where the we are sitting right now. Shoot. It was a mosh pit. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane. But it, it was good because we felt like there weren't cosplayers, and then when we got to the league, she was like, "Okay, there are." Oh, here they a are. Ton. All of them are here now. And We're props for the uh, cospitality lounge. That yeah, yes. props to them. Props like, to Rito and- we've gone in there with people who that have had to fix things more than once already, and yeah. there's just like glue guns and paint I and like. My wig today. Yeah, I wig. Did you? Yeah, wow. Getting nappy and falling out because it's old and. Walked in, cut it, filled my water bottle. We got coffees. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah, so shout out to League and, and Riot for, for the hospitality lounge. You got your photo taken and some Polaroids. Super awkward. <laughs> That's my own problem. <laughs> yeah. So if I pulled out a video camera right now, it'd become awkward all of a sudden. I'd because- pull my hood down. <laughs> Yeah, I just have to say the whole, like, PAX experience has been, like, very just, like, comfortable. Yeah. I've never felt, like, rushed or, like, I can't sit down for a second or, like, yeah, like, my prop got messed up. Like, like go fix it, have a glass of water. Like, yep. it's just been, like, a very well-run experience for me. It seems like Friday is... Uh opportunity to play games day yes saturday is cosplay day yeah. and sunday is family day yeah definitely. sunday's like go around and buy all the stuff that you've looked at in the past two days yeah, <laughs> finally, yeah. Finally or buy wait until is- the last hour or two when they start dropping the prices yeah. sunday is make sure you wear the most comfortable shoes you own day yeah because you were walking around the prior two days and then dancing yeah. at a club the nights before that. One regret is not wearing like my Fitbit band or a pedometer. Because Just to see. I, I had that same thought this morning. I would have loved to see how many miles I've walked. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's dead in my backpack right now. Didn't put it on the whole weekend. Yeah. Wait till you go to New York and talk about miles walked. Oh, my God. Uh, anything else about the con before we wrap it up? I'm I'm giving it a A grade. A grade. Top marks. I had top fun. marks. Hope I get tickets next year. Yeah. 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 It's, it's gonna be a scramble. The for gamble. Tickets. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. That wraps up this week's episode. You can check out Kyla's cosplay photos at Facebook.com/slash Kyla Cosplay. To see more of what we do, head to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can follow us at thegeekgeneration.com slash Tumblr and at Geek Generation on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more stuff for you. Later. Make it so.